Welcome to the Purse Podcast. My name is Jana Hlistova and we are changing the conversation for women about money and investing. I'm super excited about my guests today, Catherine Gray and Marsha Darwood. Catherine Gray is the producer of the groundbreaking new documentary, Show Her the Money, featuring rock star female investors who invest in diverse women entrepreneurs with innovations that will change the world. Catherine is doing a 50 city grassroots tour of the film to encourage more women to invest in female founded funds to move the needle on women getting less than 2% of venture capital. Catherine is also an author, a TEDx speaker, podcast host, founder of She Angel Investors and co-founder of the non-profit She Angels Foundation. Catherine also hosts and produces the popular podcast series, Invest in Her, distributed on Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio and others. Catherine has produced and co-produced and directed several documentaries, including I Can't Marry You, with Ellen DeGeneres' mother Betty as narrator for PBS, Millionaire's True Stories, and several LGBTQ films for Logo. She also helped start a gay cable network and produced a series called Way Off Broadway with trailblazing entertainers and recording artists. Currently, she is co-producing Millennials Are Killing Musicals with plans to go to Broadway. The female-driven show focuses on motherhood and the impact of social media. The team behind it is 80% women, and the show and music was created by a woman, Nico Jabba. Marsha Darwood. Marsha Darwood is an early-stage investor who serves on the Securities and Exchange Commission's Small Business Capital Formation Advisory Committee She's a venture partner with Mindshift Capital and a member of Golden Seeds and the Chair Emeritus of the Angel Capital Association, ACA, the Global Professional Society for Angel Investors. She's also an associate producer on the documentary film, Show Her the Money, which debuted at the Women's Film Festival in Philadelphia in September of 2023. She is a founding member and chair of the ACA's Growing Women's Capital Group, which is building syndication and collaboration among US investment groups focused on women-led companies. A TEDx speaker and the host of the Angel Next Door podcast, Marsha walks the talk and holds investments in over 50 early stage companies and funds. She is committed to expanding support for diverse companies that overcome the world's biggest problems and accelerate positive change. Her upcoming book, Do Good While Doing Well, Make a Difference, Get Financial Rewards and Increase Your Happiness is due out in 2024. Marsha is on a mission to empower and educate everyone to realize their potential to invest in positive change. She is passionate about bridging the gap from early stage inception to building thriving, profitable companies. A proponent of diversity in startups, which has proven to yield better outcomes, Marsha supports companies that are working on solutions to big problems in the world like hunger, clean water, medical advances, and climate change. She's also a co-author of the book, You Can, You Will, which was an Amazon bestseller in 39 categories in four countries. Previously, she was the COO of Portfolio, 
as well as a managing partner at Blue Tree Capital Group, where she was responsible for investment strategy, diligence research, and member education. Prior to that, Marsha won numerous awards as a top sales executive for Kaplan Education for 10 consecutive years. Marsha received an MBA from the University of North Carolina, Keenan Flagler Business School. Now, in this podcast interview, Catherine and Marsha talk about Show Her the Money, a new documentary which pulls back the curtain on the extreme underfunding of women in the VC industry, with less than 2% of VC money going to women. We talk about investing in startups and how do we encourage more women to invest in this space. I hope you enjoy this podcast interview as much as I did. Please note that this podcast interview is for informational purposes only. We do not provide investment advice. Well, Marsha and Catherine, welcome to the show. I'm really excited to have you on today. And before we get into it, I'd love it if you could tell us a little bit about yourself and your journey to where you are today. And should we start with you, Catherine, first of all? Sure. I am so happy to be on today with Marsha, who is an investor in our film. It's called Show Her the Money. And, you know, I'm the producer of this film, had a vision to create a movie documentary that would enlighten people about women just getting 2% of all the venture capital funding and how we can change that. So I'm looking forward to that dialogue and have several different things I'm involved in. Like you, Jenna, I do have a podcast called Invest in Her. I always have on female founders and funders and trying to connect them. And that's basically what my company is about. It's called She Angel Investors. And what we do is we are a multimedia platform involving the film, podcast, events, and whatnot that connects women founders to women funders, because I think we do need more women investors. And that's really what our grassroots campaign is all about that we're going to talk about around the film. So that's a little bit about me. I'm Marsha Dawood, and I am in Charlotte, North Carolina today talking to you in the U.S. And I actually just finished a class for the European Business Angel Network just about an hour ago. So that was fun. I was talking to Europe a lot today. I'm an angel investor. I've been one for about 12 years, and I have a podcast also called The Angel Next Door because my mission, like Catherine's, is to get more people involved in angel investing and understand that they can do it. It is not just for the rich. It's not just for the well-connected. It is for everybody. And if we're going to change the amount of funding going to women and people of color, we need to get more people who look like everybody involved in the game. And we need to have more diversity of everything, including diversity of thought, diversity of education, and diversity of geography. So that's what I think is so exciting about this is it is more accessible now to everyone since the Securities and Exchange Commission here in the U.S. have changed the rules to allow equity crowdfunding and other ways that people can invest for small amounts of money. You do not necessarily have to have lots and lots and thousands and thousands of dollars in order to be an investor. And so last year I did a TEDx talk here in North Carolina and people asked me afterward, well, how do we get involved? So I have a book coming out in 2024 to help people around the globe get interested in angel investing and what they can 
can do in order to see it as part of their way to make a difference in the world. Amazing. And we should talk about that a little bit later on as well, Marsha. And, and of course, I interviewed you a couple of months ago, was it last year? We had a great conversation. So for listeners who haven't listened to the interview with Marsha, you should definitely check it out. But we're going to be talking about this new documentary called Show Her the Money. And as Catherine pointed out, it pulls back the curtain on the extreme underfunding of women in the venture capital world with less than 2% of venture capital going to women, which is shocking. And, and Catherine, I, I want to ask, first of all, how did this film come about? And how did you and Marsha get involved? Well, it came about just because I became aware of that 2% about 10 years ago and started putting together Pitch Fest. And the Pitch Fest consisted of women investing in women. Then I filmed that, made a series out of it called She Angels Series, and got to thinking that after all these years that the 2% never moved, that we actually needed a documentary to educate people, but in a engaging storytelling way with fascinating real stories of women that are in this space so that more women would become aware of what venture capital is. So the, the film really showcases three types of women, women that are the rock stars who are creating their own venture capital funds. More women than ever in history are starting their own funds. The women that are the incredible women like Marsha, who are the investors in these funds. And then of course, the incredible and extraordinary female founders with amazing innovations that are getting funding from these female founded funds that otherwise would not be getting funding. And so the movie intertwines those three sectors. And as a filmmaker and a producer, I think it is film and television that helps change culture because I believe awareness creates change. And so that's really what I felt was the premise of how are we going to change this 2%? How are we actually going to move that needle? And kind of got the download to make this film about it. It's people like Marsha that are investors in this film and grassroots campaign that made it possible. And so raised about a million dollars to create the film and the grassroots campaign that we're going to take around to about 50 cities around the world in 2024 to engage more women in learning about what is venture capital, how they're missing out on this lucrative asset class uh, to build their wealth, and then how to also get funding as an entrepreneur from this genre. So that's really was the reason I made it was Every day I would encounter people that were shocked that we were just getting 2%. And I thought, wow, this isn't common knowledge. Why are we stuck at this percentage and how are we going to fix it? And I believe it truly is educating women in an engaging way with the film to learn about why they should be investing in this. The bottom line is we need more female investors and I too had done a TED talk called Fund Women Save the World. And that's what the TED talk was about. It's about how people tend to invest in people they identify with. And it's why we need more women sitting at the decision-making table, providing the investments. So it's for a lot of reasons that we need them to be aware of this asset class. 
but the most important is because of how it's going to impact future generations of women and how it's going to impact the world at large. It's going to make such an impact to have more women investing in venture capital. And there are women coming into trillions of dollars in the coming decade. What are they going to do with that money? Hopefully they'll attend our film and campaign around the country and around the world and start the momentum. We already have a groundswell going. People are attending these screenings. They're actually doing deals at the events. Just last week, I had an investor invest in an entrepreneur attending the event. So we hope to get more of that happening at an accelerated pace with our 50 City Grassroots Tour. That's amazing. And you will be coming to Europe. You will be coming to the UK as well, won't you? Absolutely. A hundred percent. We've already had at least six inquiries about that. I can't wait to see it. And it truly is shocking that we're stuck at this 2% of VC money going to women. As you say, I'm starting to see this groundswell, this growing awareness, and, and your film is going to really help move the needles in Europe as well. And Marsha, you got involved, I'm guessing, from a, an investor point of view. That's right. As soon as I met Catherine, I felt like we were sisters separated at birth. Yeah. We had so many of the same things that we were focused on and the same mission. And I just felt like we just completely aligned. I loved everything that she was doing with the film. And plus, one thing that she didn't tell you is she did a documentary before this a couple of years ago called I Can't Marry You. I can't Marry You. That's what I tell people about it all the time. And I mean, she just raised such awareness for people who wanted to get married who were gay. And I just thought that is fantastic. And because of mm. that awareness, we've seen a lot of things starting to change. So it really does matter. It just makes a lot of sense to me. We see things every single day of, in the media that isn't so good. And here we could do something to really make a difference. And so it just really means the world to me that Catherine was willing to take on this huge undertaking of putting this type of an effort out to make the world a better place for women. And, you know, let me interject here. Mm -hmm. Marsha is so highly regarded in the venture capital world, having been the chair board of the Angel Capital Association, being involved now with the SEC, that having people of her gravitas getting behind our film mm -hmm. has been such a, a blessing that I'm so grateful for. And she has brought in other investors of the same caliber because it really did make the venture capital world of women understand that this really was a first-class film that was of grave importance because of these important women like Marsha leading the way that got behind us. So I've been forever grateful to her for that. That's wonderful. How did you get introduced? How did you get to know about each other? I'm just curious. I think it was just in about a one-week period, three different people said to me, hey, have you heard of Catherine Gray? <laughs> and within like a day or two, we were talking. And then I think within a day or two, I was in, I was like, no problem. I'm like, send me the details. I read it over and I'm like, yeah, this is a no brainer. Yeah. For me, I think someone connected us as well. And I saw in her signature, her Ted talk. And since I've done one and I always appreciate when people watch them, I said, I'm going to watch her Ted talk. And Oh my God, I've watched the TED Talk and I said, this is my people. 
we were so aligned. I so loved her TED talk. Everybody listening should watch it. And then, you know, the rest was kismet and we connected. And like she said, yeah, we're really two women very aligned on our thinking and she's such a pleasure to work with. And I just wanted to attract into this film project women that were not only like-minded, but just really good people. That's really important to me that I align really good people with the project because you're working on it for, let's face it, a, a very long time. You know, a mm. 50 city grassroots tour involves being together a lot and being on the same mission. And it's really important who you bring into your circle. I completely agree with that. How long did the whole process take from start to finish? Yeah, it was about a year and a half, two years, which is a very fast turnaround for a documentary. But mm-hmm. I had also had several iterations of this. But the actual starting of this project, raising the money, finding the cast and everything that goes with it, shooting it, editing it, everything was about a year and a half, two years. So it was a fast turnaround, had an incredible director, Kai Dickens, who's an award winning director of social justice films. It's why the film is so great and people are loving it because she brought her expertise to it and she's quite the talent. So had a wonderful editor as well, female editor, incredible crews. You know, it takes a village to put it together. Mm -hmm. And of course, all the investors that saw the vision and got behind it. Every component of who is involved is what makes it possible and makes it great. I want to highlight how much attention the film is getting. I'm, I'm, I'm watching this on LinkedIn, on social. You're winning lots of awards, lots of recognition around the country. We can't wait to see it in the UK, in Europe. Why do you think it's resonating so much with the audience and with people right now? Why now? Well, this is the first time this story has ever been told. And most people are not aware that we only get 2%, so they're always shocked. And people are not even aware that for the first time in history, more women than ever are starting their own venture capital funds. So I think the women that are starting those funds are coming and they're excited to be seen and heard. I think the entrepreneurs are coming and enjoying the film. It gives them hope and inspiration. And then I think women are coming who are potential investors who are seeing that this is something that they should be participating in to leave as a legacy as well as a great investment. So we're really talking to a lot of different levels of women. And then we've also had men come who love the film as well and are celebrating it because typically they have daughters and they're big champions of their daughters. And so they're loving that we're exposing it as well and wanting to get involved in making this change as well. So yeah, I think there's just a lot of enthusiasm about something that hadn't really been talked about and that we're actually talking about solutions as well. Marsha, the film follows the lives of female founders, but also, as you've just said, Catherine, it's it's about female investors, women starting their own funds, and it's looking at the entire ecosystem kind of across the piece. Can you share some of the stories or anecdotes to bring this to life for listeners without any spoilers? <laughs> well, you can see in the trailer, you get a, a little bit of a look as you're going through that. But really what we're trying to showcase is that women are out there solving big problems, problems that other people aren't solving because they don't necessarily know that these problems exist. So my thing with founders is always to look at what kind of a solution do they have? Yes, 
but the bigger question is what big problem are they solving? And if they are a solution in search of a problem and they're not really solving something that is really sticky, then it probably isn't going to be scalable and it won't go anywhere. But the companies that are highlighted in the movie are solving some problems that are big problems that we need to solve. And there are a lot of problems that are specific to women, especially when we look at things like in the healthcare industry, for example, women are not just little men. We actually have our own needs when it comes to healthcare. And that has been overlooked for a long time. So all kinds of things related to, there's a, a story in the film about uh, clothing and just the way that we want to appear, the way we want to have our healthcare system be, the way that we want our climate to be, our water, our food supply, all of those things, women are solving these big problems. And so we just need to support them and we need to showcase them. And I'll just add to that in the cast, we feature the youngest woman to ever start a venture capital fund. I think she's an incredible story that will inspire people. We have a lot of diversity in the cast. Yes. Also, like Marcia mentioned, uh, a gender neutral clothing company, which is really addressing a need. And then I also want to mention that we were fortunate enough to have featured in the film and as an executive producer, an Emmy award-winning actress whose name is Sharon Gless. Many people know her from her famous series called Cagney and Lacey because that show changed the face of television for women because they were the first two women ever, her and Tyne Daly, to be the leads in a drama series. There had never been before them two women as the stars of a show. And, yeah. and so here she continues to carry the torch with our film. She also did other great shows that people in UK probably are familiar with, Queer as Folk and also Burn Notice and many others. But the bottom line is she's been carrying that torch for feminist rights and trailblazing for women and continues to do so as she helps us get the word out with Show Her the Money. So super excited to have her involved as well. That's wonderful. I mean, I, yeah, I'm so looking forward to seeing it. I can already sense how inspiring it's going to be. And just thinking about the young women that are growing up now who are yet to step into the world of business, this is going to be incredibly informative, very inspiring and transformational, really. And mentioning the younger women, we are also including in our 50-city tour many universities. We just yeah. had shown it at University of Pennsylvania. I know Vanderbilt's on the list, as well as Boston U and Harvard and many other universities around the country and probably in the UK as well, because we want to encourage these young women to think about going into venture capital as a career path. We need more women in venture as well as investing in it. Absolutely. Do you know, I was thinking about that the other day when I was at university. We all wanted to get into investment banking or management consulting. No one talked about VC or venture. Certainly none of my female friends had any knowledge, understanding about what that even was, including myself. And now I know having gone through the entrepreneurial journey myself, and obviously with my business now with The Purse, I want to get to a point where I raise my own micro fund. It's something that's super interesting. And a lot of women who are aware that this is a possibility 
and are really interested in shaping the world and supporting founders, female founders will know that this is a path they can take. So yeah, this is, this is great. And, you know, people can follow our grassroots tour so that they can see the screenings at our website, which is showherthemoneymovie.com. They can sign up there and also find out about resources as well. And the cool thing about the movie is that people will watch the movie and when they leave the movie, they're going to say, wow, I didn't know what venture capital was. Now I understand it. It's not as difficult as I thought it was. In fact, I can't believe I've been missing out on this. What an exciting world to be a part of. And I know Marsha can speak to this, that every day her and I being in this arena meet the most incredible, brilliant women with the most unbelievable mm. solutions, ideas, cures. It's a very exciting world to step into. Yeah, you're shaping the future. We're going to talk about investments and you both as, as investors, but Catherine, I'm interested to hear a little bit more about how you raised funding for this film. Obviously, it's fundamental without capital. This film wouldn't have come together. How did that come about? What was the process? How easy or, or not was it? And how much of the capital came from female investors? The majority came from female investors, just so you know. In the venture capital world, initially, it was difficult to encourage women that they didn't want to just invest in things like technology or health, but that it was very important to invest in the arts if we were ever going to see this change. And luckily, I came across a few people in that arena, like Marsha and some of the people that she knew that agreed that this was very instrumental in helping to create our legacy and to actually change this. And most of the people involved in it, especially the other funds that got behind this, have already reaped rewards far beyond what they've put into the film. So I wanted to make it a win-win and it's a long journey. Now we're having people come to the site to be able to license the film, to show it in their area, mm -hmm. or they can sell tickets through our Kinema platform, mm -hmm. use it as a fundraiser. So there's various ways for us to create revenues that help investors make money on the project. But in the long run, the bottom line is, is they're really making an impact in the world by being investors in it. So Raising money, I don't think it could ever be said it's easy, but it was easy once I found like-minded people mm -hmm. who agreed with me that how important this project was in order for us to actually make history here. And that's what we're going to be doing. That's what we're doing with this film is making history. We want people to join the movement and help us to make history by moving that 2% needle. So I did part of it through fiscal sponsorship, nonprofit donations, mm -hmm. and the other through direct investments in our film project. And so that combination is what got us to where we need it to be. Now our next third part of our fundraising is getting sponsorships and working on that as we speak. So it's kind of three different prongs to raising funding. Wonderful. And I'm, I'm curious how many female investors there are in the film? I'm going to say around a dozen. Okay. What would make you think, Catherine, this has become a massive success? So what does success look like? You, you said you, you want to make history and that's fantastic. What else would make this a massive success in your mind? I think I'm going to let 
Marsha answer that one. But for me, it's just, you know, moving that needle, however much we can move it. I mean, it hasn't moved in 10 years. In yeah. fact, we've gone a little backwards. So, you know, Marsha, what do you think? What would we say would be success? I agree. It has to be moving the needle on how much funding goes to women and people of color. But it really, to me, is more even about getting more funding into the companies where we want to see change. And women are really doing a lot of that. And so if we can help get all people to know that this isn't just for the rich, it's not just for the well-connected, you can do this in a lot of different ways. And really, we can start to get that funding to these amazing innovators we're going to start to see real change in the world. And we will then start to get more and more people becoming investors. And that includes women, people of color, so that we are making sure that the people that look like them are also getting the funding. That's the bottom line is we want to get more of underserved communities funded and we will achieve what it is we set out to do when we're seeing that change. And of course, trying to track that in our 50 city tour, what progress there is. And yeah. already we've had so much progress just within our community of investors in the film, doing business with each other and helping each other. Wonderful. So you're both investors, as we know. I'm curious about what you might have noticed about what markets get attention or what startups get funded when women invest their own capital. To your point, Marsha, you're saying that women often focus on underserved, underinvested markets or developers, services that just haven't had that attention. Are there any specific markets or products in addition to the health market that springs to mind to really illustrate how women are injecting capital into whole new areas that haven't been invested into before? Well, women are smart investors. So they're looking at things that have a lot of scalability. And the things that are really big problems in the world, and those are the things that when we find the right solution, it will be very scalable. So that could be anything from the climate, the food supply, our water supply, our healthcare system, big, big things, as opposed to, you know, just do we need another widget of whatever kind of widget that would be. Do we need another scooter? Yeah. Right. <laughs> we probably don't need another dating app. <laughs> But women are really scrappy too. And that's one of the other things that is addressed in the movie. But we talk about that a lot in Angel World because women will take a smaller amount of money and go a lot farther with it. And there have been studies that have been done. And I can actually send you some after we're done recording so that you can put them in the link so that yeah. the listeners can read them, where women are outperforming their male counterparts in startup world by quite a bit. And it, they're stretching their money farther. So they're actually getting less funding, but they're getting higher revenues. I always find this point so interesting, so fascinating, and it makes sense because if you decide to start a business, if you're a female founder, oftentimes you do it because you don't have a choice in the sense that you become really obsessed about addressing a particular market, solving a particular problem. It's something that you feel very strongly, very passionately about. And women are up against it. It is much more difficult for women to raise funding. As we know, there's still a lot of gender bias, et cetera. So 
you have to keep going. You have to be persistent and be very resilient. And then we know that to your point, when women do raise, they raise less money. They've had to keep going for a lot longer and they are so much more resourceful and so much more careful about how they allocate the capital once they've raised it. Meaning that very often when they raise, they already have product market fit. So they de-risk their company, their startups or investors so much more. It's just fascinating. So it absolutely is where more money should be going. Yeah. And, you know, a couple come to mind when you say women solving problems that affect the environment. Just two that I can think of that I'm so impressed with is Julia Stambarger that owns Planting Hope, which is creating that sesame milk, which is the newest, hottest alternative to milk products, alternative milk products. You know, I learned from her that 75% of people are lactose intolerant. So they're looking for alternative milks. Mm -hmm. And so her Planting Hope company that creates sesame milk has so much more nutrients, better for the environment than oat milk or almond milk. And it took a woman to create this kind of product that's better for the environment, better for our bodies. Mm. Then there's another woman that created something called Net Zero or Net Zero that is creating upcycled food. So taking food products that otherwise would be going into the land, into dumps. And for instance, eggshells go into landfill and never break down. She's taking those and repurposing them into upcycled food. So they have the machinery to turn those into powder that then becomes protein that goes into food products. It's called upcycled food. It's better for the planet and better for our bodies. And so these are women with big solutions that can help save the planet. If these women don't get funding, it will negatively impact the planet. And so women have to step up to the plate and not just vote, but vote with their money. And that's how you vote with your money, becoming involved in getting behind these women venture funds and also even directly as private investors into companies like this that are solving problems and making the planet a better place. I couldn't agree more. Why do you think, and I know we all have answers to this, but why do you think that women are so aligned to the environment, you know, caring about the environment, thinking about sustainability, whether you want to refer to it as ESG or social sustainability goals, women just are more aligned to this, which is a, a general statement, but we do see this a lot. Why do you think that is? Because this keeps coming up and I think it's so important and it's where, again, it's where the capital needs to go. But why are we seeing this so much more with women than with men? Probably has to do with a lot of the fact that women are more community-based. And so we like to be in community. We like to be in community with each other, with our region, and then nationally and even globally. And so I think that the big problems that are facing even our little ecosystems, they really matter. And so women tend to take maybe more responsibility, I I guess you could kind of say it that way, Mm. to wanting to solve these big problems. It's kind of like they're the mothers of the children and they're the mothers of the planet. They care about the planet, maybe more, and maybe that's why they care so much about these solutions. Whatever the case, they've been getting the downloads for these solutions and innovations. Everybody's put here on the planet for a reason, right? Mm -hmm. We have to acknowledge that 
and embrace that. And so more women, more people of color, more LGBTQ, all of that brain power needs to have funding. And the cool thing is not only is it a great investment that can be very lucrative asset for them, but even more importantly, that it's such a legacy they're leaving to impact the planet. These are all the reasons that they should come out, see the movie, show her the money, learn about venture and become involved. It's an active way to, like I said, vote with your money mm -hmm. and makes total sense. Easy. Anybody can do it. Like Marsha mentioned, whether it's through crowdfunding, venture, private investing, these are all the ways that people can make a difference. Women need to rise up, come together and get on board with this. Yeah, it's very much saying we belong to this domain. I think the domain of money and the domain of investing has traditionally belonged to men and women have felt excluded, right? There are many reasons for this very complex area, but times are changing and, and the time is now. And, and you alluded to this in the, in the beginning, Catherine, that, you know, women are coming into lots of money. Women are obviously earning more. They're starting their businesses. They're exiting. They have more capital to invest. And now it's, it's the time, right? It's really using that resource to make things better or make the world a better place. It's the largest transfer of wealth in history. And much of that will be going to women. Here, here. This is already taking place. This will happen in this decade, this massive transfer of wealth. What are some of the differences in how women think about investing and how they choose to invest based on what you've seen and, and your own experience? I think we could have a whole other podcast episode just on that topic. <laughs> but I think in general, women want to do good and they want to do well. So in the past, women have been a lot of the people who were the check writers to charity. And men were the ones who did investing. So when I was fundraising in the past, I would hear that a lot. I would hear, well, my husband does the investing. I don't do that. Because the word investing implies that you're going to need to seek a financial return. And if you don't, then you might be looked at as a bad investor. And so people don't want to feel that in their own self, and they certainly don't want others to think that of them. So combining this idea of that you can do good and do well is something that I think women really embrace. And that's the way, and we can see that a lot in the film, that in order to get more people involved, if we show them that you can have both, you can really be making a difference and you can seek financial returns, it's not a bad thing that that is very attractive now to women. And at the end of the day, the bottom line is we just need to have more awareness of this. People need to be more aware that it's out there and they need to be a little bit more educated on all of the aspects of being able to do it so that then they can just move forward and go ahead and do it. How did you start investing in the startup ecosystem? I'm quite curious about how you both got involved and if you're happy to share what one of your more or most challenging but important lesson in investing is. Oh, there's so many lessons. In fact, in the book that I wrote that's coming out in 2024, I have lots and lots and lots of stories <laughs> that I care about all kinds of things that I did wrong so that people don't end up making the same mistakes. 
with my journey anyway, it was very interesting because I started, I was living in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, which is kind of a you know regional area, not a big city like New York or LA or, or San Francisco. And I just got started because I saw that there was an angel group meeting. I got invited. I thought it was very interesting. I was fascinated by the types of things that were happening there. But then due to my husband's job, we moved around the country a lot. So I lived in New York, San Francisco, Dallas, Charlotte, North Carolina. So I saw all different types of ecosystems. And it was very interesting to watch how different funders end up funding different companies, the why, how the different angel groups work, how different funds have been put together alongside angel groups, VC funds. So I feel like I've had, at least here in the US, like a really interesting vantage point of being able to see what's going on. And I don't know that I could pick one particular lesson that would be most challenging, but I will say that I really wish that somebody would have sat me down originally and said, hey, what is it that you really care about and what do you want to invest in and put my own kind of little thesis together, my own mm. like guide, because I didn't really have that. I was a little bit like squirrel, squirrel, you know, like, oh, that's cool, that's cool, you know? And I would go after just what, you know, backing these amazing founders, especially once I quickly discovered how little funding went to women. So now my portfolio is primarily women-led companies. And so that was super important to me. And as I started to realize well, hey, if I had had a little bit more structure around what I was going to do with the money, then I might not have kind of run out of the money that I had set aside for angel investments so quickly. Mm. You know, I could have actually done a little bit more and then not had to wait and then start. And that's that's typical with angels. We don't have unlimited resources or or huge big funds like VCs do. So we have to be super careful and we have to time it right. And I think sometimes... I know at least I wasn't thinking about that at first. So I always encourage people to do that moving forward. I think the beauty of the venture funds is that you don't have to know so much about vetting. I think you'd agree, Marcia, that if you have general partners that you really believe in that run the fund, then I think that's why some people shy away from it is thinking that they have to know so much about it. But if they get with a female founded fund with some really rock star, amazing, brilliant women that are running it, they do the vetting. They pick the winning horses for you. And it's kind of like a mutual fund. So it mitigates your risk. And, you know, they'll pull your money with other people, pick 20, 30, 40 different companies to invest in, much like a mutual fund. And, and that helps mitigate the risk a bit. I, like Marsha, jumped in and made a few mistakes. But I said to myself, well, the best way to learn is to do it. Yeah, to do and to get as much access to books as you can. I also think what's really important to say is it's best to start and not wait until you think that you are an expert because we learn through doing. And, and there is unfortunately this thing where women, we expect to be perfect in, in some ways. And this is, I think this is a gender norm. It's societal pressure. It's, it's always a, how we've been brought up. The best way to learn is just to start engaging. And, and maybe initially that is, as Marsha did, just, just go along to an angel network meeting and listen and talk to people and observe and, and attend a founder pitch. And over an extended period of time, then you can decide when you invest, what you invest in and, and how much you invest. 
And I really like the point you made, Marcia, about having a thesis, a personal thesis. That's really important too. Yes, I call it a halo strategy. Oh, really? Well, you know, we're angels, so we all have halo. <laughs> so I think the best way to wrap it up is just to say, use the film to learn about it. It makes it fun and easy to learn about venture. Mm -hmm. And then go join an angel group or find a venture fund that speaks to you and what it is you're interested in, whether it be the environment or science or consumer product goods. You find one that aligns with what's important to you and then just get started. So that's the best advice I think we have. Agreed. That's wonderful. Thank you both for coming on the show. Now, if listeners want to connect with you and find you online and uh, watch the movie trailer, where, where can they do that? Well, really, basically our website, showherthemoneymovie.com. Of course, they can find Marsha and I on LinkedIn, mm -hmm. Catherine L. Gray, and spelled with a C and G-R-A-Y. Also, I'm at uh, sheangelinvestors.com for people that want to connect with me about also the other things that we do, whether it's an e-course or the Invest in Her podcast or any of the events that we put on. So that's just another way to reach us that I just wanted to mention. I'm at marshadawood.com or you can find me on LinkedIn, just Marsha Dawood. Marsha, and your book is coming out next year as well? That's right. Yeah. And if you go to my website, you can get on the mailing list for updates. Okay. Wonderful. So it will definitely be reading that. Thank you so much again. And looking forward to watching this soon in the UK and no doubt catch up soon. Thanks so much. Thank you for joining me today. If you would like to connect with me, you can find me online at jointhepurse.com. Or you can subscribe to our newsletter, jointhepurse.substack.com. Until next time, goodbye.